What kind of fun is waiting for you at King's Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at King's Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun this season. King's Island is now open weekends. Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at ixl.com/fine. Visit ixl.com/fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's ixl.com/fine. Hello and welcome to How to Be Fine. I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jolenta Greenberg. And today we're here with a little feedback episode for you. That's right. Every third week we share some of the stories you, our listeners, have shared with us about the topics we've most recently covered on the show. Because a lot of you write in and a lot of you have some really great stuff to say. Today's topics are marathons and brain tapping. Let's start off with marathons, shall we, Jolenta? Yes, I'm running to hear what our listeners have to say. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> Let's start off hearing from some people who love marathons and hearing what they say they get out of it, because we want to know. <laughs> Jessica says, perfect timing for this episode. I ran my second marathon this past Sunday and achieved my goal of qualifying for the Boston Marathon. I love long distance trail running because I can binge on podcasts, be in nature and work through decisions in my head. Marathon training gives me structure to my workouts and I love checking off the little boxes on my training plan. Uh, yes, for people who love checking boxes, there are a lot of boxes to check during marathon training. There's a lot of like milestones to sort of work your way up to that you can check off. That's, that's a good one. Yeah, exactly. Judy says, for me, running longer distances is almost meditative. I prefer trail running where I am in beautiful surroundings. Plus, you never know what might be around the next corner. Road running is more about switching my mind off and just going. Plus, when my kids were young, longer distances meant a longer break for me. Ah, got a little escapism going on. I like it. Yeah. Sometimes you just need a break, and whatever that break is, even if it's running 26.2 miles, 
I say do what you need to do for that break. For real. Karen says, I did a half marathon. I'd say I did it for something close to bragging rights, but bragging to myself. I wanted to have the knowledge for myself that it was something I could achieve and have achieved. Like, if I can do that, I can do anything. You know, I get that. I get that. When I ran that 10K last year on a whim, I really felt afterwards like, look at me. Look at what I did. I did that thing. And it really did feel like I was bragging to myself. I I have so many friends who are marathon runners, though. I know it wasn't a brag to them, but it was to me. Right. And that's a nice knowledge to have when you're like pushing through something hard and you're like, I can't handle this. You're like, no, you can. You've handled running a super far distance. Yes. Lisa says, 14-time back-of-the-pack marathon runner here, and I'm running NYC in a couple weeks, although I do have a broken toe right now. Doing a marathon like New York is like feeling like a rock star for one day. The people out there are cheering for us. It's true. Okay, Lisa, I get it. Yeah. Lisa, give us your bib number. We'll track you. We'll cheer for you. Or if you're wearing a shirt that says... Hi, Jolenta and Kristen, it's Lisa. Then we'll know it's you also. Or just like, it's me, Lisa, the one who wrote you. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, the New York Marathon and a lot of other big city marathons, it truly is like nonstop cheering for 26.2 miles. People cheering, cheering, cheering the whole way. Yeah. Everyone in the city is out there along the route yelling for you. Pretty much the whole hallway around, except on the bridges. Yes, very true. Lindsay says, I really love that every Saturday I go to my run club. It's now part of my week and my life. The sense of community has helped me manage grief, and I look forward to coffee with fellow runners. Oh, that sense of community. That is so fantastic. It's not something that we brought up in our episode, but I think that's true of a lot of runners, that it's not just a solitary meditative thing, but it is a chance to be with others and, you know, either connect with them about what you're going through or maybe connect with them about what you're not going through. Because sometimes that's the best way to connect with people too. Like, I just don't want to think about my problems. I just want to talk with other people who love running and feel less alone right now while I'm going through something tough, right? Totally. It's important. Yeah. Katie says, I've run two marathons, 15 or so half marathons, and probably as many 5 and 10Ks. Running was how I coped with anxiety and depression after my parents' deaths. It was how I celebrated big events. If I had a big decision to make, on went my trainers, and I was out the door. Yeah, we got a lot of listeners writing in saying that running really helps with anxiety. It helps with mental health. It helps with finding balance. So thanks for letting us in on that, listeners. But despite all the benefits a lot of you have experienced from running, some of you have seen your relationship with it change over the years. Yes. Amber says, I've run 12 marathons, currently training for my 13th, but so much has changed in my relationship with running, health, and myself between my first marathon and where I am now. I used to define my self-worth through my race times and finish place, similar to defining it on my body size, which was my previous definition of self-worth. And it took a messy breakup with my ex for me to realize that my obsession with running and my time on the clock or mile pace 
just didn't matter anymore in the grand scheme of things. I have friends who've run a double-digit number of marathons as well. We found that not only are a lot of us type A people, to put it nicely, maybe perfectionist type people if I wasn't to put it as nicely, (laughs) but a lot of us tend to go all in on running as a way to escape from something else that we aren't ready to confront. I love running and always will, but resetting my relationship with it to be something I do and not who I am has improved my life drastically and made room for me to meet my current boyfriend. Ooh, current boyfriend. That's (laughs) such an interesting distinction that I think a lot of people don't think about, including myself, about like going so all in that you make a hobby, a new hobby, your whole persona and not like a facet of your life that helps enrich it. Yeah. And that whole part of your personality that becomes running, as you say, Amber, can also be very punitive. It can be very punishing. Am I doing well enough? What about this number? Am I valuable enough in this world if I'm not reaching this number and so on? And that is something that you're obviously so self-aware of now and you're so smart about. And Hopefully, we can all become that self-aware with whatever it is we're obsessed about and right, realize right. we're more than that thing. Yeah, such a good point. Karen says, I ran a half marathon to celebrate turning 40 and another the next year. Both were good experiences for me. Now, 15 years later, I run three miles a few days a week. Running in moderation is key for me. It's important for each person to listen to their body and find the right fit for healthy movement. There's no perfect fitness activity only what works for you. Oh, Karen, I love that evolution as well. You know, going after that half marathon, that is a huge thing to do. And then deciding three miles a few days a week, that's a great thing too. They're both huge decisions. And I love your perspective at this point that there's no perfect fitness activity. We all have to do what's right for us. Exactly. And what works for you can change over the years. Like what works for you 15 years ago is not what's going to fulfill you or work for your body now. Yeah. And Karen, kudos on you for running a half marathon to celebrate turning 40. I'll be there in a few years and I highly doubt I'll be doing any running. (laughs) So I admire that. Yeah, very, very admirable. But Jolenta, you and I have got to go over some of the many injuries people have written in about that they have sustained while running because we literally heard from over a hundred of you about oh, yeah. your running injuries. And here here's a mashup of just a few that we heard about, starting with some of the most basic to the most uh, surprising, shall we say? Yes, yes. AJ says, I've experienced lost toenails, stress fractures, shin splints, plantar fasciitis, hamstring tears, hip and pelvis instability, and blisters that were more like holes and rips in my skin than actual blisters. Kristen says, I've been bit by a dog, tripped and fallen, and had lots of overuse injuries, including meniscus issues, calf strains, and various issues involving the sciatic nerve. Fiona says, I once laughed so hard while listening to an audio book while running on a treadmill that I stepped off the edge, spun, lost my balance, and was flung off the back. Deep bruises on my hips. It was ugly. It was also a great story. Kath says, I survived lacerations to my scalp and neck from jogging too close to a nesting magpie. Hashtag Australian problems. 
Pam has this more serious story. Pam says, I got these poles for running. Supposedly, they were supposed to help with full-body workouts. I was two blocks away from my house when I tripped over them and fell, banging my head. I had a pretty bad headache for a couple of days, so I went to urgent care and got a brain scan. The end result was that they found a brain tumor. I had it removed, and they got it all. I guess I have to call those my lucky poles when I put them on the Buy Nothing group. Wow. Rachel says, according to the new book, Random Acts of Medicine, marathons can be harmful to your health, even if you're not running. The reason for this is that if you live near a marathon route and on the big day you suffer a heart attack, stroke or other medical incident in which time is of the essence, it will take longer for an ambulance to reach you due to all the associated road closures. The authors of this book claim that the mortality rate for something like cardiac arrest or heart attack goes up by about 15 to 20 percent on the day of a marathon. Oof. Oh, my gosh. So, you know what I have to say about all this, Jolenta? I thought that I was safer not running marathons, but apparently I'm still not safe just because marathons will still nowhere get me. safe. There is nowhere safe. No. All right. Let's take a quick break. But reminder, you can always share your stories with us, just like these listeners did today at Kristen and at gmail.com or on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Kristen and Coming up, your thoughts on brain tapping. Stay with us. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis, which could lead to psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix treats both. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, 300 milligram dose, and adults with active psoriatic arthritis, 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 18 years from tonight, Grant Gill will become a comedy legend when he totally kills it at his improv class's graduation performance. Knees will be slapped. Hilarity will ensue. That's why he's already keeping himself in shape and razor sharp today with wellness tips and tools from AARP to help make sure his health lives as long as he does. Because the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash healthy living. Hey, everyone. We're back. And now let's hear from some of you who love brain tapping, who've gotten great things out of brain tapping, who want to share your stories of how it's helped you. Yes. 
Kathleen says, I've tried tapping. It works so well for migraines. Ooh, interesting. Love a migraine Migraines are serious. Yeah, those are no joke. Yeah, for people who think they're just headaches, they are not just headaches. There's something big going on neurologically with your head that is not cool. And that's amazing that brain tapping has worked for you, Kathleen. Uh, Amazing. Lydia says, my therapist introduced me to EFT tapping as one of many tools to cope with stress, anxiety, and depression. We use it together in sessions to help me acknowledge and process some deeply repressed grief that was negatively affecting my life. It was incredible how the technique helped me access the feelings that I had been pushing down so effectively for years that I couldn't even identify them on my own. I still use it frequently to help me stay in touch with and regulate my emotions. Specifically, I like to write in my journal, then do the tapping technique, then continue journaling afterwards. What I'm experiencing internally is always much clearer and easier to identify and process after tapping about it. To be clear, EFT tapping is just one of many tools that I have in my mental health toolkit. I use it alongside many other coping strategies, including medication and ongoing therapy. Nice. Love ongoing therapy and medication as tools. And it's so cool that tapping works. And I like the journaling before and after. I bet it helps get a picture of like where you are mentally once you've sort of gone through the tapping and like worked through some of your feelings. Yeah, absolutely. And let's move on to this letter we got from an anonymous listener who says, tapping is one of the few therapies I've found that works immediately. I went through a period of frequent, very bad panic attacks and used tapping to calm my body in situations like plane rides and being stuck in traffic. I felt like on the show they talked about it in comparison to massage or acupuncture, but I would liken it more to square breathing or noticing five things you see, four things you hear, etc., or sequential clenching and unclenching of muscles, tools to calm yourself in the middle of a panic attack. Mm, interesting. That makes sense. Using it for the more like sort of active, almost emergency time to calm down moments as opposed to like this is part of my wellness routine. Yeah. Well, anonymous letter writer, we are so happy that tapping has been something that's been useful for you in dealing with panic attacks, that it's been a helpful tool. We're all about doing what helps you as long as it's not hurting anyone else. And if if you feel it's helping you, we're all for it. That being said, not everybody is on board with tapping. Let's hear from a couple people who want to push back against the tapping solution. Yeah. Sadie wrote in to say, Hi, Kristen and Jalenta. I wanted to comment on the tapping episode as a clinical psychologist who works in therapy and research as well as translating that research to the public. In particular, my area of expertise is in PTSD. It's troubling to me to hear tapping outlined as a treatment for PTSD, given how vanishingly little evidence there is at this point in comparison to known treatments. For PTSD, the most updated clinical practice guideline found insufficient evidence for or against EFT or thought field therapy. This is because there were only single studies of each with validated measures of PTSD. Other studies, I'm aware of three total for PTSD, 
are high risk of bias, making it hard to trust their conclusions. In contrast, there are validated treatments for PTSD with many high-quality studies, such as prolonged exposure or cognitive processing therapy. It's frustrating when treatments that have been studied repeatedly don't get the same press as those with little high-quality evidence that have better marketing. I would hate for someone to come away from this thinking that tapping would be their best option for managing their PTSD. Really appreciate your podcast and all the research you do. Oh, Sadie, thank you so much for writing in. We love it when people from the scientific community, from psychology backgrounds and so on, when you write in to push back against some of the things we're talking about. Right. And Jolenta, just in your defense, I think that you presented something really balanced where you didn't come down on, this is 100% good for this, or this is 100% not good for this. Um, I think you were pretty balanced about it, but I think what Sadie says here is just nice additional evidence. Right. So, Sadie, thank Thank you you. so much. We really appreciate it. Also, it's just good to remember, like, marketing is a factor in, in treatments you're hearing about, you know? And prolonged exposure treatment, like, doesn't sound as sexy as tapping solution. And, like, there wasn't a book in the airport about it recently. So, like, you kind of forget about it. But it's like, oh, right, there are proven therapies that have way more studies to back them up or just longer histories of being effective. Yes, exactly. We also heard from somebody who tried tapping and it just didn't work for them. Meredith says, I did not find Jolenta's audio diary boring despite Jolenta's concerns. In Mm -hmm. fact, I started crying. It took me back to when my therapist had me do tapping and deep breathing exercises as a way to calm down after a session. It never worked, and I felt like such a failure. I would get off the phone with her and continue to sob even hours after while I was getting ready for bed. It definitely didn't help me get to sleep or sleep better. I'm glad it works for a lot of people, but maybe I'm just too broken of a person for it to work. Needless to say, I am not working with that therapist anymore, but for a lot of other reasons as well. Uh, You are not too broken. First rule of how to be fine, you're not too (laughs) broken. (laughs) No, you absolutely are not. Yeah, Jolenta and I both are like, what? You are not too broken. No, No, you are not too broken. And like, I can only come at this from like theater terms, but this used to happen where people would get sort of like cracked open and like stuck crying. And it's like, it's not a good place to be. It often has to do with like your autonomic nervous system, I believe. And it doesn't sound like your therapist was supervising you in the best way for you if it left you just that raw and emotional afterwards for such a long period of time. And I'm glad that you moved on from this therapist. Yeah. Rule number two of how to be fine, just because it works for some people doesn't mean it works for everybody and it doesn't mean it's the right thing for you. Right. Wait, rule number two isn't don't talk about how to be fine. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Rule number two should be tell everybody about how to be fine. (laughs) But yeah, something working for somebody else because your therapist thinks it works for them and other patients doesn't mean it's going to necessarily work for you. This is true of a lot of things, whether it has to do with nutrition or fitness or sleep. The list goes on and on. Just because it works for me doesn't mean it's going to work for Jolenta. Just because it works for our producer Chantel doesn't mean it's going to work for our executive producer Nora. It just is what it is, right? Totally. All right. With that rant out of the way, we're going to take one more quick break. But when we're back, some of you have additional advice for our recent letter writers. Stay with us. (laughs) 
Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back. And now, Kristen, I believe we have some more advice from all of our listeners out there for some of our recent letter writers. Yes, Charlie says, for the person who recently went through a breakup, I'd suggest that they get the After the Breakup Journal by Lindsay Dorch Brock. It has over 100 pages of homework and really helped me process a recent breakup. It also includes inclusive examples of other people working through their heartbreaks. Love inclusivity, love not feeling alone when you're going through heartbreak. And I love structure and homework like that can help keep you, you know, distracted in a productive way when all you want to do is wallow in pain and self-pity after a breakup like I do. Yeah. And that homework can make it feel like you are moving forward rather than being stuck. Yeah. And sometimes... That's all we need is to feel just a little less stuck, and the homework can make us feel like we're making progress. Nicola wrote in to say, in response to the letter writer who was concerned about having nothing in common with her partner, I'm a decade into the most wonderful romance slash marriage with a man who could not be more my opposite. He's a welder and mechanic. I'm a PhD educated scientist. He has hands as rough as sandpaper. I work for the University of California. He smokes a pack a day, eats all the red meat and drinks nothing but Pepsi. I'm a vegetarian who never skips my five mile morning hike in the forest. He likes sci-fi and dumb comedies. I'm all about K-dramas and highbrow viewing. He can build or fix anything. I'm an incredible administrator and take care of the family on that level. We joke that together we make the perfect whole. We both love the outdoors, and it's easy to combine his love of fishing with my love of hiking. We met skydiving, and we have a beautiful seven-year-old boy. We don't have much in common, but the things that we share are the things that matter. People didn't give us a week, and we couldn't be more in love a decade in. You don't have to be a carbon copy of your partner. You just have to be a good fit. My husband and I were made for each other. We aren't duplicates, but instead a set. Oh, that is such a great perspective to have, Nicola. The idea that we can be well-matched and being well-matched doesn't mean we're carbon copies. And how boring would it be if we were a carbon copy of who we decided to date or marry or whatnot? I will say, however, Nicola, even though you say you have nothing in common, you did meet skydiving. You both love yeah. the outdoors. You both were willing to do something I'm not willing to do. So you have that Absolutely. In <laughs> <laughs> Me and you both, Jolenta. Yeah. <laughs> 
My sky is not for diving. Thank you. <laughs> I admire anyone who does it, but I am too yeah. scared. Yeah, you definitely have certain things in common, clearly, in your personality. If you have the personality that wants to do that, that means you have something in common. <laughs> but also, it's just nice to hear like people that are total opposites on paper, other than skydiving, do actually fit together so well. And it's nice to remember, like fitting together well, being able to join your life with someone doesn't mean that their life has to look just like yours. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And one last letter we want to get to this week before we wrap up. We are so thrilled with this letter. We got this from the person who first wrote in for advice, Yay. and they're giving us a follow-up on their situation. Follow-up. Follow-up. Yes. <laughs> Love a follow-up. This letter writer says, thank you, Kristen and Jolenta, for addressing my question about how to talk with my daughter about money. Since I first wrote in, things have gotten a lot better. Here are some of the things we did. One, math it out. Fast food for the family is only $30, which doesn't sound like a lot, but if we ate it every day, it would be $210 a week. We played around with the numbers and how much it might be in a month, a year, etc. The perspective really helped her see that it wasn't the one-time expense I was concerned about, but the pattern. Two, reframe it so it's not about money, but our values. Turning the lights off isn't about the electric bill, but about saving energy, which is better for the planet. You can't buy your sister a giant dollhouse, but not because the money is the problem, but because we have nowhere to put a dollhouse and she already has an even bigger dollhouse. And three, refocus on allowance. For fun things she wants, she has to use her allowance now. She wanted a new backpack and was saving for that, but decided she wanted something from a favorite YouTuber instead. She was $5 short, so we brainstormed on some chores she could do to earn the money. The things she purchased just arrived in the mail, and she's telling everyone that she saved her own money for them. Anyway, I really appreciate the responses from you and from the folks in the community. I was trying to be honest with her, but realized I was focusing on one part of the picture, the money, when other aspects, saving for things and our values, were also really important. Okay, her saying she saved up her own money to buy the stuff she wanted, like, actually got me, like, a little choked up. It's just so sweet when, like, we see the lessons we want to impart in action. And that's so smart, right? Focus less on sort of the negative, like, we can't, and, like, money sucks and is restrictive, but talk about, like, how does money reflect our values? How does money reflect what we've done for our work, you know, and sort of making those connections of like, this is how it's used in the real world, too. It's not just about the math, but it's also about the values and saving for what you think is worth it. Yeah. And we're just so happy you found something that worked for you as far as talking with your daughter about this topic that can feel really shameful and really taboo, mm. but isn't either of those things. It's not shameful to have concerns about money. It's not taboo to talk about money. And I think that what you're doing with your daughter is setting a good pattern for the future also totally. so that she'll know that this isn't something to hide around or have embarrassment around, but to talk openly about, which is something, Jolent, I think you and I made clear in our episode, that is something we should all do with money and with other matters in life. Get rid of the shame and Find solutions that maybe are creative and get at what's important to us. Yep. There's no shame in talking about values, and there's no shame in talking about money. It's a huge part of our lives. Why not deal with it head on? 
Thank you so much for writing us a follow-up letter writer. And thanks to everyone who writes in with all of their experiences, advice, questions. We love hearing from you. And that's it for this episode of How to Be Fine. Huge thank you to our executive producer, Nora Ritchie, our producer, Chantal Holder, and of course, our composer and engineer, Casey Holford. If you haven't already, please rate and review us in your pod player and tell a friend about the show. The first rule of how to be fine, tell everyone about how to be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time, I'm Jalenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. Until then, stay fine. Stitcher. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.